Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. I don't know, you got a hard copy, hold it all up. We want to see it this morning. It's great to be in God's house, amen? Amen. Never get tired of singing about God's amazing grace. Amen. Wonderful to hear your all's voices this morning. We will be uh, wrapping up. I feel like it's time to wrap this train of thought that we've been carrying on for, for um, since around July 4th on. And um, we'll be in 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2, find your place there. And verse uh, 17 is uh, where we will um, start our reading and read through verse 22, all right? 2 Peter chapter 2. Verses 17 through verse 22. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. God's word says this. Now, let me give you just a little bit of, 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 of context here. Uh, Peter is, of course, speaking about gospel freedom, a real freedom. Uh, which is given when someone places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he is addressing um, a real issue that is during their day, and if we're very honest with ourselves, is also an issue that we see in our own context, even the day in which we live. And, and Peter is simply, he's sounding the trump, and he's wanting them to know that, listen, there are some that have a message, there are some that may look like the same, but it's not. There's some that's starkly different, and you can tell that. And he's wanting them to know um, that there are people that will come to you uh, to, uh, if you're not saved, to uh, guide you to putting your faith in an object that never does bring true freedom for your soul. And then there's also some, I think definitely in our day, that preach a message um, that may be partially true, but then because what they add or take away, it destroys the message. And therefore, again, there is no true freedom for the soul if you put your faith in that kind of gospel. And so Peter is really sounding the alarm, and that's really the, really the setting of this message this morning, is, is as a pastor uh, giving a warning uh, to us all. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's important that our spiritual senses are sharp. Amen? Are you with me? I know it's cloudy out there and it seems like it's going to rain, but let, let, let's liven up, all right? If you, the longer you stay awake, the shorter I'll preach. I don't, I, don't know if I, can, I don't know if I can keep that promise, but I'll try. I don't never keep that promise, do I? I don't have a good, uh, good streak there on uh, staying true to that. But we're going to do our best. All right, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. These are wells. So he's talking about the people that are... Their, their, their message is false, okay? These are wells without water, clouds that are carried uh, with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Uh, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure 
through the lust of the flesh. Or they entice, right? That's what it's talking about. Um, through much wantonness. Um, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, which we can also say freedom, right? that's what liberty means, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it, turned from the holy commandment, delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to its own vomit again. And the sow, a pig, that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. He ends with some very graphic illustration there, and we'll get to that toward the end. But let's pray and ask for God's guidance, and I encourage you this morning, I pray that you in this prayer empty yourself of all the junk that it seemed to find its way into you this week. Let's empty it out so we make room for God to fill us up. Amen? And so let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time together already, uh, just songs of worship, and I pray that it's pleasing to you. I pray it was comforting and edifying to every heart that's here. Father God, I, I desire for our people's minds and hearts to be sharp, to be able to have discernment about who has the true, genuine, unaltered message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it's only when, a, when we put our faith in Christ and His true gospel that we are born again, we are given true, authentic freedom uh, from the bondage of sin and, a, and a, an eternity in hell, and we have the promise of eternal life with you. And I pray that we can tell the difference in this world. That we not grow soft for theology that, that speaks differently toward the gospel. Uh, a message that can bring doubt. A message that leads astray lost people. Can lead even Christians astray and think that they live poorly in Christ. Uh, there's a great warning for us in this passage. And I pray that we will all heed to it well. If there be someone this morning that is, has never put their faith and trust alone in Christ alone, I pray as you deal with them and they hear the gospel clearly today, I pray, Father, that they would just cry out to you, professing a trusting, depending faith alone in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray for the believer, if some reason they have believed some falsehoods from, from others that is uh, near them or have reached out to them through false teaching, I pray that they would, their soul would be filled with the truth about their salvation and what it means to be your child. And I pray they live in those joyful truths, those joyful promises uh, that you keep. And once again, Father, I ask you help me just to remove myself from this stage and that each and every one only hears your voice. Father God, I'm not here to make a spectacle of myself. I'm not here to get recognition or fame. I'm here to, to humble myself so that they would hear your voice and surrender to you um, today while there's still time for them to do that. And Father, I pray all this in Christ's name and all of God's people said, 
Amen. So, you know, the title is, Is Your Freedom Real? Is Your Freedom Real? You know, uh, you, go to, you go to make a transaction somewhere, or you, you pay, especially if you pay with a, a larger bill, um, or even you go to the bank and you've got cash, you know, they, there's a way to check whether something is authentic or not, right? They get that magic wand, that pen, right? And they, they make a little mark on it. It tells whether it's real or not, whether that value that says that it's there is truly what is there. See, even more importantly, there is a way for us to know a counterfeit from the truth, from the genuine. Amen? Coming spiritual things, spiritual life, being born again, becoming a child of God. We can know from Scripture that, uh, that I have true uh, freedom. I have I've been re- reborn in Christ, and I can know that. Amen? And so this morning... I want us, I want you to be able, by the end of this message, to be able to say, yes, I have true freedom. And this morning, I also want to, um, if, if you have placed your faith in Christ plus other things, uh, 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 baptism or whatever, uh, good works and morality, whatever it may be, I want you to know the, the, the great danger of that. I want you to know God's perspective on that. Um, I want you to know the great danger of of a false gospel, all right? So is your freedom real? Um, there are many, as you find in Peter's time, he describes them as having this false message of freedom. You all know this. What, when there's a genuine of something, there is a not genuine of something, right? Are you with me? Amen. Yeah, so there, there truly is. Um, there are those in Peter's time that presented a message by which in no way made someone spiritually free. Um, they, they live as if their liberty is so fragile that they themselves could destroy it, right? There is even that kind of teaching. We face that teaching even today. And again, let me just give a disclaimer. I'm not here, and I never do this. I, I don't come and, 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 and bash on denominations. What I want to do this morning is make you aware of how to discern what is the false gospel and what is the true gospel. And you should be able to tell who cares, carries that message. Amen? So there was people in that day that were truly pagan, that were trying to mislead people. But there were also people that had the facade of the gospel, but their message was not true gospel. You had that. There were those who were zealous members of cults, and which were completely opposite of the gospel message, Like I said, there were also those that were very similar who missed the mark of truly what the work of the gospel is. The gospel does a work in someone's soul when someone places their faith on Christ. Amen? There is a work that it does. But there are people in that day, as they are in our day, that still have missed the mark of what The gospel does to someone when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Listen, folks. Listen to me. We must get this right. Amen? If we're going to get anything right, we have to get this message right. And we need to discern moms and dads, you know, who influences your children and things like that. You know, are they giving them false messages? We need to get this message right. Right, you need to be able to tell the difference. It breaks my heart 
when people say, well, I, I you know, go to this church or that church or whatever, and the reason I go is because I just like the singing. You know, I just like the style of the preacher. You know, folks, that's not the reason we come and worship. We come to worship because of the true gospel of Jesus. And so many times people will fall prey just uh, uh, to certain religious organizations because they like maybe the lighting or the atmosphere or, 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 or the singing. You know, uh, but dear friend, you're deceiving yourself. You're setting your family up for a tremendous fall. We need to come to a place of worship because you know what they teach and you know what they preach. Amen? So I want to take, just by, by way of beginning here, I want to introduce you to the gospel of true freedom. The gospel of true freedom. You know these verses. Go to John, John chapter 3. We could spend a series of messages preaching about unpacking the gospel. But, but I want to give sort of a summary using these verses and then step into really this message of warning. Okay? So, uh, what is the gospel of true freedom? John 3, verses 16 through 18. I don't want you to just think of it in your mind. I want you to turn there. I want you to see it. John 3, verse 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Notice this in verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned or guilty already because, listen to this, he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's the gospel. The gospel is God sending his Son Incarnate in the flesh. He was born, he lived, and he died. He took your sin to the cross and he crucified it there. He conquered life. Never did sin, but was made sin on the cross to conquer that for you and for me. So that you, in the day that you live, can come to him with your heart, confessing him as Savior and Lord by faith. And you see that in John chapter 3. Now look at verse 36. Same chapter, same book. He that believeth on the Son hath what? Okay. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So here's the if-then proposition. If you don't put your faith and trust in Jesus, then in God's perspective, you're condemned. You are under his wrath. He will practice justice on you, and you leave this world an unbeliever. But... But if you trust Christ, if you believe from the heart, we're going to get a couple other verses here in just a minute, then the, the wrath of God is lifted off you because you've received Christ to where his wrath was placed on in your place. And you are born again, everlasting life. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Turn there quickly, please. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And then we'll look at Romans 10. I want to give, I want to give you this this. Uh, the truth about the gospel. The gospel that gives you true freedom. True freedom. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of what? Works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is nothing that you can boast of. Well, I earned it, or I worked it, or something that I did, right, in in meriting it. There is no boasting on man's part. 
Uh, you could do nothing to save yourself, but Christ did everything so he could and would save you. But it's not of works. It's for by grace are ye saved through faith. Grace is the gift. Faith is the access to the gift. Amen? Faith is not a work. Faith is a surrender of your will and heart and trust upon what Jesus did. His death, burial, and resurrection. Right? For by grace. What's grace? What Christ did on the cross. How do we access that gift? By faith alone. But it's not by works. So in essence, he's saying if you trusting Jesus based on what he did and your good works... You have missed salvation. There is no freedom in your soul. You are still lost. You're still dead in your sins. You're still under God's wrath. Turn to Romans 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Okay, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him, which is Jesus, from the dead. Thou shalt be what? Saved. Saved. Born again. Freed. For with the heart, man, or you, uh, heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Right? So 9 and 10, they complement one another. There is a believing from the heart. There's a confessing with the mouth. The Bible says that true belief, trust, dependence on Christ happens here. Amen? It is from the heart you believe. It's from the heart you confess belief and faith and trust in Jesus to the Father. And then he also says that with the mouth, confession is made. So in essence, this... If you've truly been born again, you've believed on Christ from your heart, and you've been made free, you will have no shame in confessing what's happened inside of you. There will be a public declaration. There will be a confessing from your mouth that, I, yes, I have turned from sin. Yes, I have trusted Jesus alone. He is the only way to heaven. If I died today, I know I'd be in heaven because I have trusted Jesus. And so Romans 10, 9 and 10 is what that's telling us. So folks, this is the gospel. Christ, crucified, risen, made salvation available. Faith is the access to that. The question is, have you trusted Jesus? Have you done something other than that? And you think you're free. And you're not free. But only when you trust Jesus by faith alone. That's what the gospel is. And that's a great thing that we can know that, amen, that we can have true freedom. But there are many that carry, and this, this, this hurts my soul. I love preaching the gospel. You should love uh, 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 telling the gospel, speaking on the gospel, reading about the gospel. And it breaks my heart that there are some in our day, as even those in Peter's day, that labor to taint that message, to misappropriate the scriptures. I want you to see what Peter says here. I want to talk about the freedom that others propose. I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bash anyone. But I am going to speak boldly about wrong theology. Number two, this morning, if you're taking notes, these people, they have a freedom of false promises. It's one thing for someone to break a promise to you that's a physical thing. Hey, I'll meet you there at such and such time, right? 
and they don't show up. That's breaking a promise. Now, that's, that's one thing. still a bad thing to do. But listen, to bring a message that brings empty promises, that your soul desperately needs the authentic, true message that brings a promise of freedom. My goodness, that's a terrible thing, that someone to take such a message that simply is, has false promises. Now, you all know this. If you look at verse 17 and verse 18, he describes these people. He describes their message. But listen, faith is as only as good as its object. Would you agree? Um, your faith can be as strong as steel. And putting it in a weak object, the return on your faith is empty. It's vain. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, say you had the strongest faith in an empty parachute bag. I mean, your faith was rock solid strong, right? You get in that plane and you take, you go up there, you know, 20, 30, whatever the hell, how they take you. I've never done it. Don't really have a desire to do it, really. I just don't have that probably kind of nerve. But uh, you've got your faith in an empty parachute bag. You jump out. What happens? You're gone. But you had strong faith in it. And what I'm saying is, you can have the strongest faith that you want, and if, if the object you put your faith in has an empty return, then folks, you're left the way you were. You're still dead. Now, that person died physically, but spiritually, you're still dead. You're still empty. You still need to be born again. And so that's why this is so important. We need the true gospel. These people were not bringing that. They were praying on lost people. They were praying on even new converts. In Peter's day. Look at verse 17. It says, these are wells without water. Right? And you look at this. Uh, the wells without water. And, and sometimes you may think it's like you dig a well and there's just a container. Of, this, this word well is really meaning a flowing spring of a kind of well. It's, it's a flowing water. It's a spring of water. And boy, when I think about that word, I think about some other scriptures. I'm thinking about some other scriptures. John 4 and verse 14. Listen to this. John 4 and verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, that's Jesus talking, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall, excuse me, uh, him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So putting our faith and trust in Jesus, there is a springing, flowing well of life in you. There's freedom. He said, these people, they're a well without water. And they, some are putting their faith in this kind of well, but there is no water there. Spiritually, that is a problem. Revelation 7, 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall, uh, shall uh, feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Aren't you thankful that the spring of life from Christ never runs dry? That, that well never, never empties? It is a promise of the gospel freedom that Jesus gives you. Peter is saying, these folks... Present a well full of water, but actually it's empty. Revelation 21, 6, And he said unto them, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto them that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Folks, that's our Savior. Peter is saying these people, their message, they're like wells without water. They're like wells without water. 
One person said this, Again, there is noise, there's motion and something to watch, but nothing profitable happens. And you look at what else he describes them as. Notice this in verse uh, 17. And it says, uh, Clouds that are carried with a tempest. Right? That's what they, Let me give you an illustration of that. Have you ever seen it get real foggy? Yeah. But it don't take much for that fog just to be blown away, right? It looks like there's rich water there, but there's really not so much. It's just, it's so light, it may appear, but it's so light the wind comes and just blows all that away. But you let a thundercloud, you let a pitch black dark cloud start rolling in like some of them came, were rolling in yesterday. You saw some of those clouds. Those have a promise of rain, right? And so Peter is saying these people out here that have this alternative message, they're like a fog. It looks like there's some wetness there, there's some water there, but the wind just blows them away. But Christ and the message that I have given you, it's like a well. It's like a storm cloud rolling up. It's got some water, and that cloud usually keeps its promise. Amen? If it reaches you. And then it says the mist of darkness. These people, this message is, is in the darkness of darkness. There is no light. You ever had people come to your door and they give a message and they, they, they say, Hey, you know, there's life if you receive our message. There's freedom if you receive our message. Anybody ever had moments like that at your home? Right? There's freedom. and They'll claim it. They'll preach it. I mean, with great zeal, too. But they still lead to emptiness and darkness. So you got to ask yourself the question, if what they have is so empty and does not promise you anything, how do they sway so many people? How do they do that? And Peter mentions that here. He says, uh, you look at verse 18, for they speak great swelling words. I mean, they're very good at what they say. They're very articulate. They even do it with a smile on their face like they're doing you a great favor by bringing this message to you. This is called eloquent speech. And what they're not doing, they're not presenting to you or communicating truth. They're simply, what they're doing, they are simply communicating lies to manipulate you. Manipulate you. That's what's happening. They even appeal to the old nature. Boy, this is a real good tactic of a lot of so-called gospel preachers and ministries today. Um, I think about one. He's got probably one of the best smiles. He smiles all the time. I don't think he ever frowns. He lives in Texas. He's a preacher down there. You all probably know where I'm going. Yeah, one of, he just, just smiles all the time. But you need to look, look beyond the smile. Because a smile is, 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 is not promising you anything but... The condition that they're going to leave you in, which is being dead in your sins. Um, See, people like that, here's what they stay away from. Here's sort of their vernacular. They avoid speaking about guilt that you have. Right? That you need to be born again. There needs to be repentance. They Oh, repentance. Now that's a word they'll never talk about. Right? But see, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. That's a necessary point to to get to is repenting. Repenting is turning away from sin. Turning away from all other ways and turning to Jesus, trusting only Him. But all repentance they don't talk about. I had the message, you know what, you're probably already good enough already. 
God, 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 God will receive you. God loves you. God needs you. And hey, you're probably already in the family of God and you just didn't know it yet. That's the kind of messages that, that come. And folks, listen to me. You can't trust just because there's a certain word or name or denominational name over or on the church sign. You cannot be so naive to say, well, because this name's on there, I know for a fact they're teaching this, this, and this. You cannot assume that. You cannot assume that. You need to start asking questions. What do you teach and what do you preach? Tell, explain to me the gospel that you believe in. That's the questions that families need to be asking the preachers and the teachers of churches. Let them tell you what they are. They'll, they'll, they'll appear, uh, even appeal to immature people, new converts. They're praying on them. Look at that in verse 18. You see that there. And so here's also a reality that, that, that Peter is telling them about. Um, look, my next point is this, a freedom from false Christians. Now when I say a freedom from, I'm meaning this message of false gospel is truly coming from those that aren't Christians. Now you're saying there's no Christians in other churches? Yes, as long as they've trusted Christ by faith alone. Amen. By grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. If that is where their faith rests, then yes, they are born again. They are free, and free indeed. But Paul, Peter was saying, if these people are bringing you a message that is Christ mixed with this, this, and this, and you've got to put all that together, or, or, you, or you've got to take communion, or go through the sacraments, or go through confession, or you've got to add baptism to it, or you've got to add good works, or, or you never really know if you're saved until you come to that last point where you're going to die. And Folks, that's all hybrids of the true message of the gospel. And, 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 and Peter is saying if they teach, that's the gospel of which they're saying your soul is freed by, then even they themselves are lost as well. Right? If you're presenting a message you trust, and it is a message that leaves you still in bondage, then they themselves are still in bondage. That makes sense. Amen? That's what Peter is saying. He's saying that they practice forms, right? This external separation... They seem like it, but however, they are still lost, or they even go back to their former uh, filth in their lives. They profess to be saved, but they really have not been set free. As you look, and you can look at verses uh, 3 and 14, talks about the things they're enslaved still by. That through covetousness shall they, with feigned words, make merchandise of you, they're using you. Whose judgment now a long time lingereth, and their damnation slumbereth not. You go and you look at verse 14. Or actually go to look at verse 10. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of unclean, uncleanness, and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. And you back up and you can look, or look at verse 11 and 12. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, that's what he's describing these people as, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they uh, understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. In their own corruption. Folks, listen. I have people that I have done a lot of ministry with, good people, right? And we can minister in a lot of ways. 
We can go out in the community and do a lot of humanitarian work and feed the poor and, 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 and help schools out and all these things. We can, you, know, you can come together and you can do a lot of those things. But listen to me, when it comes down to the gospel, that is where we must divide. We should not be so gullible to say, well, they do good things, and so maybe their message is just partly right. And we just start not to be so hard against their sort of hybrid gospel message. Dear friend, the gospel we must get right. If I don't get the gospel right, I have no life in me. If I don't surround my family with the preaching of the true, unaltered, genuine gospel, I'm, I'm, I'm putting them in a very bad place. That they themselves may miss what it means to be born again. Because they have put their faith in a fake gospel. I'm not speaking evil of people. But I'm, 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 I'm speaking evil toward the message that many, many has. Talked to a fellow the other day. And um, we'll have our last point when we'll be done. Talked to a fellow the other day. He, uh, he gave me his car. We you know, talked about a lot of things. You know, We agreed on a lot of things. And um, he gave me his card, and, and, and you know, it, it, it had, you know, a, um, some letters off to the side, speaking of his education and stuff, and, and he made a statement. Good man, very nice, gentle person, but the statement stuck out to me. He said, you know what, if you took all, all denominations, and you, you take them and you just lay them out there on the table, just lay them all out there. There's really not that much difference. And dear friend, I love people. I love people in every, every church in this county. I love people. But dear friend, listen to me. There may, there may not be much difference in a lot of areas, but if it's a gospel difference, that's a big difference. That is a difference that I must speak on. I must stand sure-footed on. Amen? You, you can't, we cannot receive a gospel message from someone just because they're nice and they're gentle and they're kind. The devil's gentle and kind too. Amen? But he's the liar and the father of lies. We must, we may be able to help in a lot of ways. With, with, with other good people in the county and other nominations. But listen to me. When it comes to the gospel, that's where we must draw the line. Amen? I lovingly draw the line, but I firmly, I mean, I, I take a backhoe and I draw the line. That, that's a huge line for me. Amen? And if you're going to be responsible to God, you better draw that line too. Amen? And so I take great, great uh, care of how I present the gospel Jesus, as you'll find, it wasn't by mistake that he came in the year of Jubilee. And they gave him the Old Testament and there in the book of Isaiah. And he read about the, 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 the prophecy of the one coming to give freedom. He went to the captives, right? Went, went to those that are enslaved. And he set them free. And he closed the book and he gave it back to them. And he said, hey, this scripture has now been fulfilled in, before your eyes. Talking about himself. I'm here. I'm the freedom giver. You put your faith and trust in me. It's fulfilled right now. It wasn't a mistake that he did that in the year of Jubilee, the year of freedom. He's like, I am, I am the one to bring freedom to, to your soul. This freedom provides you with joy, 
right? And peace, joy to fulfill the will of God in your life. I love um, one person. It was, he was a Quaker, Rufus Jones. He paraphrased Aristotle. And you probably have heard this phrase, but it, it stands true. It says, the true nature of a thing is the, is the highest that it can become. The true nature of it is the highest it can become. That makes sense? If the true nature of it is a false gospel with false promises and no life and, and no living water, that's as tall as it can stand. Amen? Folks, I need a gospel. I need a salvation that takes me to God. Amen? That connects me with the Father, makes me right with Him. And Peter says there are many that does, does not present this gospel. But thank, thanks be to God, we have it in this precious book. And it's the gospel that we've already talked about. Now, lastly, I'll, I'll give you this. A freedom of surface experience. A freedom of surface. This is the freedom that they have. These, these, these false, those that have this false message. It's surface experience. It's really all that they have. Jude, uh, verse 19 says, These by they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Um, having not the Spirit. So in other words, it's simply this. They, 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 they come to you or you associate with them and they, they, they have an appearance as if there's been true conversion. But Jude said these individuals, it's all sensual. It's all on the surface. It's all just sort of a, some kind of experience. And they will claim they've had some experience in the past, but they are still not free. He gives a very graphic illustration in verse 22. Um, just in case they miss the understanding here, okay? He talks about a pig and he talks about a dog. He talks about this pig. He gives a very vivid picture. What do, what do pigs like to roll in? Mud, right? They love to roll in the mud. Let me have some mud rollers here. Y'all still rolling the mud? Maybe. You outgrew that, didn't you? Um, but Peter says a pig. Now, you can take that pig. You, you can wash that thing. I mean, you can polish that. I mean, you can go over and get the buffer, right? Get your best, best wax you've got, and you can wax that. I mean, you can make him clean. But how long is he going to stay clean? A very short amount of time. Why is that? Because no matter how hard you clean, you buff, and all that, no matter how much instruction you give him, don't you get in that mud hole because you're clean, right? You even try to speak cleanness into him. But he, you cannot, you've not changed the nature of that pig, right? That's what he's talking about. Not calling people pigs, but he's saying that's, that's what they're liking to. You can, they look clean, but they still have a love, and they chase after that mud hole. And you'll find them in it. He also talks about a dog. This really gets sort of graphic, and you may go, ew, but it's a reality. If you have dogs, uh, you, you probably witnessed this. Um, this dog, by you know, cleaning its guts, it gets a tummy ache or whatever. What's, this gonna, what's it going to go do? It's going to go puke. And hopefully it's not your carpet. I speak from experience. It's not a good day when the, he goes and pukes on your white carpet. Yeah, it's not good. If you're not careful, he walks away from it. If you turn your back very long, he'll go right back to it. He'll lick that stuff right back up. <laughs> See, I told you it's going get, to get pretty nasty there. They, they, do, they do that. 
They, okay, I, I, I have puked that up, and now I feel better, I'm clean. But you know what? It wasn't that bad. I'll go get it back up again, and we'll try it again. Right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what the dogs do. Why is that? I've already ruined your lunch. I can preach, I can preach another 30 minutes now. Praise be to God. <clears throat> but in all seriousness, that's what Peter is talking about. He is, he is looking at families. He's looking at parents. He's looking at, at, at marriages, young and old marriages. He's, he's looking at believers, that, that even new converts. He's even looking at people that have not trusted Christ yet. He's looking at these precious souls that God loves. But he also sees those that are very slick. And here's the dangerous thing. This empty message that these were proposing, they even believe. That it's true, a true message of freedom. And they will go believing it when they share it. And Peter's like, he's looking with compassion as I'm trying to to you. And listen, not everybody preaches the true gospel. And dear friend, we have to get that right. You can, you, can, you can say I'm free in Christ. You can say I'm born again all day long. But if your declaration is based upon an empty object of your faith, then all you have is empty words you're professing. You can have a profession, but if you don't have a transformation, your profession's empty. Jesus is the only one that can make you clean. Amen? It's the Spirit of God is the only one that can make you free indeed. You can be dunked in the water as many times as you want to. You can help the old lady across the road as many times as you want to. But there's no freedom there. Freedom doesn't come from a thing or come from you. It comes from Christ. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Folks, can I encourage you? Get in this book. There's something amazing about this book. When you get in this book, this book has, is the only one that has power to reveal to you the truth about yourself, the truth about this world, and the truth about God. You need to know the truth. So much so that John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me ask you a question. Is your freedom real? Are you truly Free. You can only be able to have assurance that I am truly free by remembering a time where you came to Christ from your heart and truly put your faith and trust in Him alone. Believing from the heart, confessing from the mouth, Jesus as Savior and Lord. The Bible says that where the Spirit is, you have freedom. And what I tell you last week, when the Spirit moves in, He ain't leaving. He's there. So maybe you have doubts. As we stand to our feet, every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Are you born again? Are you free? Folks, let us bury, please, let us bury the, the emotional connection even to what, well, Mom... And dad believed that. Mom and dad believed this, this, this 
other way. And, or grandma and grandpa. And, 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 and grandma and grandpa, mom and dad loved you. There's no doubt about that. But dear friend, if they, if they taught or led you to a, a false gospel, dear friend, it's still a false gospel. The sincerity of a parent to a child cannot change the nature of an empty gospel message. We must bury our emotional ties to rejecting the true gospel and believing a false one. Are you born again? Have you 